to wrap that thing up. All right, what's happening, everybody? This is the Philly Experience Podcast. Whole crew here tonight: Chris Stacker, Tanner Martin, Tanner Gilmore, and Tyre. I'm so I'm, yo, I'm so used to doing it back in the studio with the last name, so we used, used to you know, <laughs> up. Yeah, but Tyre Hood, Masquerade Solo, the whole full crew. Full name here. in there. Yeah, there we go. We got it. All going right. Um, again, to start off, hopefully everybody's staying safe again as usual as we try to grind out these days through the summer. Um, but again, we got a lot of topics tonight. Uh, we want to touch on NBA restart. Um, in Orlando, um, there's people saying it should be moved now with all those cases being uh, increased in you know the state of Florida. But we'll touch on that. Um, and one key thing I just learned today that Victor Oladipo will not be playing, um, which is good for the Sixers. Oh so no! There's one, one less big time player they got to face. Um, and again, we'll touch on football big time news. Cam Newton finally signs. Going to the Patriots, um, and then we'll touch on uh, some other things. You know, off topic as far as on the field, but you know. Possible uh, black and national anthem being played before the games of week one um, and possible name change to the Washington Redskins as well. Um, baseball, we're back with baseball this week. Um, JT Romuto still in contract talks with the Phillies. Do we know no it's hard? Deal still has been made yet, but um, both sides have still been going back and forth. And, uh, you know, we're 20 days away now from opening day. So we'll touch on a little Phillies baseball and then. Always got to go with the hockey there with Chris. I got to talk hockey with Chris. It's been a few weeks, Chris. Oh, yeah. Got to dive into that as well. So let's Quit yucking my yum. The NBA restart here. Um, you know, obviously we know it's going to be held in Orlando. Obviously we know it's only about two, three weeks away now. Um, and I'll throw it wh- – whoever wants to start. See, I'll throw it to you first. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess – first I want to get your thoughts on Old Depot. You know, how big of an impact is that for the Sixers? I know the Indiana Pacers are still a good team, and they played the majority of the season without him. But as far as us, you know, trying to increase in the standings here, we're still sixth. You know, does that give us an advantage? Oh, I'm sure it gives us an advantage. But how big of an advantage does it give us, especially with the fact that we have one of the easier schedules remaining? So here's the thing, and it does, um, it does provide us an, an easier schedule because Oladipo is not playing. Um, seeing as though that the end of Pacers really, for the majority of their offense, runs through Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Now. The, the concern is that we should not have to be still concerned about the Pacers regardless of Oladipo's out there. Not because Oladipo is one person, but seeing as though we're dealing with the Philadelphia 76ers in which before the coronavirus hit, we were the biggest concern was the fact that they were so inconsistent and that yeah. they weren't beating the teams that they were supposed to be beating. So, of course, either way, I don't care who's out there or not, I'm still going to be concerned because... Before the coronavirus hit, this team didn't give me anything to be confident in whatsoever. So why should I be confident now that they've gotten the break and they're supposedly going to be at full strength, regardless of who's out there or not? I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, the Sixers have not proven to me that I can trust them to go out there and win the games that they're supposed to win. Say, so what do you think about Oladipo sitting out? Do you think he made the right decision here? He said that, you know, his health is a major concern about, you know, going back to play. Let me tell you something. I have no problem with none of these players. Whoever doesn't want to play due to health concerns, I don't blame them because this is not something that you play around with. Um, I know people in my family that have gotten sick from the coronavirus. This thing exists. So I do not blame these players that they don't want to play. Hey, if you play, cool. If you don't, that's cool, too, because I completely understand your health is at risk, man. And there's no vaccination yet. So. 
why should I? Why should they put their life at risk? I don't blame them, especially if you have families yeah, to provide for. Listen, the Sixers have one of the easier schedules remaining here, and you know we've seen players come out. Ben Simmons says uh, he's in better shape than he was in the beginning of the regular season. You know, back in October, and uh, Al Horford says that time off was just what he needed. Are you guys buying into these? you know, remarks made by these players, or do you still think, you know, when this thing kicks back up, it's going to be the same old Sixers, um, you know, rolling with uh, some good games, some good stretches of games, and then all of a sudden they just, you know, rip your heart out at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah, Max, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, every year it's the same. For the past couple of years it's been the same uh, for oh, the Sixers. Man, they get their hopes up. Um, they get into the playoffs, and then they just play poorly in the playoffs. Or – they get in the playoffs. They're they're almost there, and something something random happens. I'm um, talking Kawhi, and it's just heartbreaking mm-hmm. every year for these Sixers. Whether it's their fault or not, it's the Sixers that uh, it's the play in the regular season that really determines um, where they're obviously seated in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, going forward. And for them to just um, you know uh, lolly into the playoffs, how they were at the end of the season before the. Uh, the league was suspended for a little bit. It's just not confident play that uh, we were seeing from the, these Sixers. And as far as we're concerned, we're looking to get a, a new head coach uh, next season. So a lot's on the line for these Sixers players. Um, and most uh, importantly, Brett Brown. Uh, he's got to prove that he can still coach in the league. Um, maybe he can still prove to the Sixers that he's uh, he's the right guy to be on that bench coaching this team. But um, as far as Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid go, uh, they're, they're two great players. And um, I, I believe in them when they're at their uh, at full health potential. And uh, Ben Simmons, uh, he, he was playing great. Um, Joel, he was uh, figuring himself out still. He was supposed to have this great season. Everyone was saying he was going to have this great season. But, um, you know, uh, regular Joel Embiid came out to play a couple times. Now people weren't. Uh, really in belief that these two players could play on the same team together in gel. But I think um, I, I've seen Joel and Ben practice a lot during uh, this time off, and I think that'll go into it a lot. And I am a little more confident than if we would still than if there was no suspension and we would have been playing straight forward. I think the Sixers have a better chance. Um, now, of course, any team that wins, uh, it won't feel as real and won't feel um, as much of a victory, but it, it's still, it's still, you're still playing games. You're still playing against NBA players. And um, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how this team fixes itself. Yeah. Listen, you're still playing real games and you're still going to be playing playoff games, hopefully. And, you know, the finals are still going to be played. One thing you did mention that I like is Brett Brown. You know, we hear about these players, you know, and we can watch them, you know, on social media, work out and, you know, get in the gym, but we don't ever hear things about Brett Brown. You know, these guys are human beings too. And uh, this guy has a ton of experience, which is going to benefit him going into this shortened season. But at the same time, you know, as a coach, are you just sitting around? Like, you know, there's not much you can really do. I mean, obviously watch film and, you know, go over plays. But, you know, when we come back out of this long break, you know, are we going to see the same plays being run? Are we going to see the same offense being run? Are we going to see the same type of six or players, you know, the same production or, or do you guys expect that, you know, with the much-needed rest for Al Horford especially and Simmons with the back issue he's uh, he had previously, do you think, uh, you know, that there's going to be a different uh, attitude on the court um, when we get back? And you already mentioned how um, 
players are already there's there's a growing list now of players dropping out of this restart you yeah. mentioned uh victor oladipo and then now there there's trevor ariza avery bradley who the lakers are now mm-hmm. replacing him with uh jr yep um which is going to be interesting to see how he and lebron play together after um what was sort of an awkward uh you know finish to they, game two of the finals to, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, that was certainly and, uh, interesting. Davis Burton. What? And there's there's a couple more players on that list that it's really going to change the outcome of the uh, the playoffs because some of these teams are losing their um, key guys yeah. on each team. Hundred percent. Yeah, the Sixers are not one of those teams. Uh, you know, luckily so all far. of our guys. All, yeah, so far all of our guys have bought into this. You know, new shortened season. And uh, I want to throw it to Chris now, Chris. With the Sixers only playing, I think eleven regular season games, and then. You know, we assume they're going to make the playoffs. How far of a run do you think they can go here? Because, listen, I know it probably depends on round one matchup. So if we play the Celtics, how confident are you that we can get out of the first round? Or do you think we're going to be another early exit again? Uh-oh. Is he frozen? Yep. We, oh, we man. We lost here. him. We lost frozen. him. All right. He'll come back eventually. But We'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back. Don't but, worry. Um, we'll, we'll, to we'll fill, come back to him and touch on that. Maybe he's to, just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> he needed a he needed a break off camera. Today. But uh, no, guys, listen. Like like I said, uh, these players and 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 again, I'm gonna go with uh, Al Horford here. I just want to focus on him. Um, this is a guy who we've all you know really have stressed his importance on the court throughout the first you know handful of months of the season, and he just hasn't produced living up to that contract flat out. So I think he's gonna be one of the key factors. Him and Ben Simmons both. The toes are. I mean, we all know Embiid's going to do his thing when he's healthy. Um, Simmons, hopefully, we haven't seen him play in a while, but hopefully, he's over that back issue. And uh, and Al Horford, hopefully, with that rest, uh, he's now 34 years old. Hopefully, he can provide something down the stretch. Chris, are you back? Yeah, sorry right, about that. No problem. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. No, we're talking about players. We're, we're going to move off this Sixer topic real quick, but I want to get your thoughts on the Sixers coming down the stretch here and the, hopefully getting to the postseason and making a run. How confident are you on this team? after this restart happens because these guys haven't played basketball in now, what, three, four months? Uh, I've, I've felt like, especially the, the past couple of years, like I feel like the Sixers always hit the ground running pretty, you know, early on. So with this, with them resuming play, I feel like they could definitely start out pretty hot, but making all the way to, I, I, I'm still not confident in their ability to go all the way. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm, you know, yeah. but everyone's in the same boat. I think I, I agree with that. I think the good news about all of this is we have, uh, you know, guys who are battling uh, health issues physically um, and also age-wise, and I think this, this break benefited us well. Um, you know, Celtics are pretty pretty young. Um, the Raptors are young-ish. I know that Kyle Lowry's getting up there in age, but uh, the Bucks are another team that's pretty young yeah. too. So can't forget this, how on fire the Bucks were at the end of the season. Yeah, 110%. I think that – uh, a lot of people are already handing this title to the Lakers, and uh, not that the Lakers aren't probably the best team. You could argue them or the Bucks. Um, but again, real quick before we move on here, uh, there's there's places who uh, Denver Nuggets. I'm going to say for an example, and the Clippers as well have already shut down their facility for practice. That is going to affect you know their on court um, abilities at least early on. You know maybe those teams use this 11 game 12 game stretch as a you know, warm up, so to speak, because basically the Clippers definitely have already made the playoffs, um, and hopefully they were able to mesh and you know get themselves ready for the okay. postseason. But I'm excited for it, um, and I think the Sixers have a good shot to at least get get to the second round. Um, 
maybe even further. I don't know. Mm. It's all really going to depend on the rest and how healthy these guys are. Simmons, is this is this, is he over that back issue? You know, we haven't seen it in person. We're talking and, about uh, young we're gonna guys find out. back he looks issues. Good in the gym, and I'm pretty confident no he'll kids. be uh, he'll be ready to rock and roll once the season uh, resumes in a few weeks here. Yeah. So let's roll on to football here. Uh, let's touch on Cam Newton first. You know, I know we got a lot of football topics tonight in different directions, but I just want to start with Cam Newton. Your guys' first reaction, you know, off the top of your head when you hear Cam Newton's going to the Patriots. What? That's, that's it? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know T, I, I wanted to bring this up because um, I remember, uh, you know, over a year ago, you showed me a video of Cam Newton, you know, speaking to this group of people, and he was talking about what's going through his head, you know, under 15 seconds to yes. – you know, when he's, when he's at the line of scrimmage. Yes. And, you know, Cam Newton perfectly displayed that he's not a dumb quarterback. No, he is not. He's He's got so – he's reading so many things. He's got all these signals. And, you know, I think Bill Belichick could really weaponize Cam Newton in a way he couldn't weaponize Tom Brady just because of that aspect of Cam Newton's speed. So, I think, yeah. I think New England could really have something here with Cam Newton. So, Tanner – because I think you're the one that predicted this to happen. I hate you, okay? I hate you. This is probably the worst-case scenario that could have possibly ever happened. Okay, first off, like Chris just said, you're limited to what you can do with Tom Brady because Tom Brady's not a quarterback that has the ability to run the football. As a matter of fact, he runs like a pregnant water buffalo. All right? That's how slow he is. So, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that compared to <laughs> So, so <laughs> now, that he found, now that he has a quarterback, all right, he has a quarterback that not only has this cannon strapped to the right side of his arm, now he has a quarterback that has the ability to run. And like Chris just said, I showed him this video like maybe a year ago of Cam Newton and what an average quarterback goes through in the huddle during a cadence. Okay, and he's explaining all this in three to five minutes, but the reality is the quarterback only has 25 seconds of doing everything that Cam Newton just described in the video. And I'm going to link the guy, link the video to you guys. Um, look, Cam Newton is going to open a lot of people's eyes. I don't get why he was so disrespected. I don't get, you know, the anger towards him because he still is a very good quarterback. You got to remember, this is a man who won the MVP and took mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl, given the fact that, he did not have a number one receiver that year. Like, he basically took that team to the Super Bowl on his own with a pretty good defense. But that's a different story. Uh, Yeah, we're not going (laughs) to talk about that right now. But, listen, the dude, and then to, to hook him up with one of the best head coaches to probably coach the game of football and Bill Belichick, are you stinking kidding me? All right, look, he took Jacoby Brissett, who's a scrambling quarterback, who really wasn't that good of a thrower um, in his rookie season and still won games with Tom Brady being suspended. What do you think he's going to do with a Cam Newton? Oh, my gosh. It opens up the playbook, certainly. Tanner, <sighs> what do you got? This, this is just a big nightmare for uh, the Bills. <sighs> um, uh, for a second, we thought the Patriots, you know, they're going to have an off year. They're going to go into the draft and they're going to fix things. But instead, it's ridiculous. Um, they go ahead. They become the first team to lose an MVP and add one in the same season. Um, Cam Newton only guaranteed 550k. Um, I'm sick of this. But for me, I think this is more of a this is more of a timing thing. 
uh, with Bill Belichick. He's a very smart coach. Uh, the, the Patriots are a very sneaky team. And what people aren't talking about is the, the penalties that the Patriots recently received from the Spygate, uh, mm-hmm. spying on a team, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, which was really unnecessary. The, the penalties include $1.1 million club, in club fines, uh, a loss of a third-round pick in 2021. The TV crew won't be able to shoot any games this season, and they'll all have to require training. Um, wow. For it, for me, it was it was really timing that um, that everyone was assuming that the Patriots were done uh, for at least this season, um, and then they go ahead and they sign Cam Newton the same day. Uh, they receive these penalties showing the world that they're still on top. Uh, they're definitely still a playoff team to me. Uh, they haven't lost anyone, really, on the team besides the obvious. Uh, they're they're still a great team, and yep. they're scary. Uh, I, I agree. With Cam Newton, a mobile quarterback. Oh, That's, Pats are still a good team. Um, see, I think you brought up why people hate Cam Newton. Why, why, why is there disrespect towards Cam Newton? Why is there hate? Um, you know, my opinion on that is when I see watch Cam Newton play, and granted, you know, he's super talented. Um, I will say that people ask, you know, why does he run so much? You know, don't run, fly. Um, same thing with Wentz, and we can relate this to him in a way. You know, it's what makes the football player great. You know, that's what he does. He's just massive as a quarterback, and he can just carry like two, three guys uh, into the end zone, you know, from the one. That was, that's what makes him so special. He is the size of a linebacker that runs a four four forty. Nobody yeah. going to want to tackle that. It, it's it's really crazy, you know, when you think about his athleticism. But uh, I think to the disrespect point, you know, I think when you watch him play now, we watched him play for almost, what, 10 years now? It seems like, you know, he was just in, at Auburn yesterday in college. But um, I, there's times when I'm on the football field or I'm, and he's on the football field and I'm watching him play that he just – it just seems like it's all about Cam Newton, you know. I think he's a team leader. You know, we've seen him take a team to the Super Bowl, and like you mentioned, too, without the number one receiver. But, you know, when the camera's on him, you know, he's got his eyes closed and he's praying and it's all the towel on his head and the Superman flying around. You know, I just feel like it's all about, you know, Cam Newton. He doesn't have like and, – and, again, it's personality-wise. I don't have anything against it. But, you know, from a public eye, I just feel like people don't think he's humble um, at sometimes. And, um, you know, again, that's what makes you – almost in a Baker Mayfield way in college. You know how Baker was always – you know, he planted the flag uh, at Ohio State and – you know, he got some brushback about that. But, listen, at the end of the day, it's all about can you win football games. And I think at his, even at his age, Cam Newton can still win football games. And uh, I don't know if I'd go as far to say he could, you know, play – he can make the Pats a better team with, with him instead of, you know, Tom Brady at this point in Tom's career. But, you know, he can still take this team to the playoffs. And if he's healthy, then – I don't see any reason why the Patriots can't be back in the Super Bowl this year. You know, I'm gonna. I know the Ravens. I know the Chiefs. I believe me, the Chiefs are crazy. But if you get a healthy Cam Newton, if you get a peak form Cam Newton or close to it, you know, look out because he's he's one of a kind. You know, just like Patrick Mahomes is one of a kind with his arm, uh, Cam Newton's one of a kind with his size. You know, and his ability to get out of the pocket and then with his speed. You know, that's underrated. You know, people think about his size, but his speed, too, like Chris mentioned, is still, you know, even at, you know, age 30-plus, we'll see. You know, we haven't seen him healthy in over a year now since he got hurt his shoulder, you know, week two last season. But, um, 
again, like Tanner said, this team's still dangerous, and uh, it's a good signing for the Pats, even though, you know, none of us are fans of them, but, you know, it's a good signing. And, again, he deserved to get signed. Um, you know, he's still talented enough. And he can still be a starter. I've heard crazy rumors that the Patriots love Jared Stidham. <laughs> And uh, they want Stidham to start. I've heard those rumors. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I wanted to ask you guys that. I wanted, yeah, no, I wanted to ask you guys if you think Stidham sees any playing time this year. <laughs> Man, that's ludicrous. Year. I do think he does. And I don't know if, what it, how it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be injury-related, but I, I just feel like they're pushing, they pushed his name so much what? in this offseason that yeah. to, for him not to get one snap – I just yeah, feel like especially we'll be for them to possibly not even play any preseason games. I think Jared Stidham still sees the field. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. the age of Cam, you know, him not playing in over a year, you know, I think that's going to affect. They might just too. rest. They might just want to rest Cam. Uh, if the Patriots are doing really well at the end of the season, Good of boy. course, uh, we've seen teams do this where they play their their second string the last one or two games. Yeah, uh, it's quite possible we get to see jared stidham out there at this point this is how i feel about jared stidham what's he here for like straight up uh what <laughs> like what is his purpose at this point somebody's got to be the backup too on that team i'm sure that's what cam newton's saying <laughs> i agree that's uh, all I'm guys, saying. let's let's transition to something off the football field now um we've heard a lot of things now with what's been going around our country recently um i will start with fedex first of all you know, investing two hundred and four million to have their name put on Washington Redskins Stadium, mm-hmm. and they threatened to. Uh, no, I don't think they threatened to back out, but they, you know, they urged the Redskins to change their name. T, start with you on this one, and uh, now the Redskins are facing some pressure. Um, do you think before the season starts, there will be no more Washington Redskins, and we'll, well, we're going to have to call them something else? Um, I think the possibility is very high, considering the fact that for two hundred million dollars, um, that's a lot of money that's on the line. And Dan Snyder isn't that much of an idiot. Well, okay, he's an oh, idiot. okay, he's an idiot. But Tanner, you've been down to FedEx Field. You saw those <laughs> well, let me big tell you FedEx something. It wouldn't be it wouldn't stadium. be such a huge loss if the if the Redskins didn't play at FedEx Field. Let me tell you, that's one of the worst stadiums I've ever been to. That's what I keep hearing. So <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, yes. you've been there. You know, yeah. You've go ahead, Tanner, because you've been there before. So go you ahead and describe. Experience. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, terrible bathrooms, uh, seating's weird. It's just uh, it's just all out. It's it's a mess. The stadium's yeah. a mess. Um, it's doesn't seem like it's really worth that much for someone that's been to a stadium like Lambeau Field where they've been able to take care of their field and the link is way better. It's just I, I understand it's branding and money that goes into it. And for now, it's definitely racial, too, because uh, the name has a lot of backlash. And I know mm-hmm. there's been protests for years and years. This team has been around since, I believe, 1933. Um, they've been. Yeah, they've been talking about changing this name for years and years, and Dan Snyder hasn't seemed to be uh, able to con- be convinced to change the name. And also, I've seen how they could possibly uh, change the state. They could go and play at a different stadium, but that also would cause uh, license agreements and rights to play there too. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's a big mess. The the Redskins are going to have a lot to uh, a lot on their table to change. And I already mentioned this earlier. The Redskins could likely just change their name to last place because um that's just what they're familiar with and um that's usually where uh where we're seeing them but who knows about this uh this season i'm curious to see uh if they do change the name what the name will be 
and how Dan Snyder will be it's funny to handle this because it's even trickier during these situations going on around the world right now, how he'll handle things. How big of a reason, you know, with what's going outside uh, in our country right now, what's, what's happening, how big of an influence would that be on the name change possibility? Huge influence. I Huge think, influence. Social media is at yeah. its peak right now. I know a couple years ago it was, it was still, but even right now with, uh, you know, propaganda and stuff going on currently um, with president, politics, you name it. It's just a lot that goes into it. And also, this is more of a Native American thing. And um, yeah. Native Americans, have they've been protesting these names. It's, it's offensive to them, and they have the right to do so. And um, it's, it's very tricky, and it's very current because of everything that we are witnessing right now. And there's, there's big changes going on throughout brands of syrup and just brands throughout the world that are, yeah. that are being changed through this for, for good. Yeah, lots of companies uh, facing pressure and to, uh, to transition to the, the Black National Anthem that's going to be played uh, before games week one. Uh, let's get your opinion on that. So, all right, let's let's get some background into this. Um, so I seen an article yesterday that said that for week one of the NFL season, the NFL will be playing the Black National Anthem, which is lift every voice and sing at every single game during week one. And as a black man, this is my response to that. It's an outrage. And it's stupid. Because look. Now you're just completely missing the point. All right. You're completely missing the point of the protest of the Black Lives Matter thing. The whole point of this is for black people to have equal rights just like everyone else. Why the hell are we bringing in the damn black national anthem for? For what? For what? Now you're you're completely missing the point of everything that's been going on this past month and a half. All these, all these videos, all these speeches, you know, all these movements. NFL, are you paying attention? And then, to make matters worse, I hear there's a rumor going around that the video that came out that I know most of you guys have seen with the NFL players, you know, protesting, you know, Black Lives Matter and things of that nature, you know, having Colin Kaepernick, no, not Colin Kaepernick, having Patrick Mahomes, you know, the NFL, the latest NFL MVP, you know, speaking out about, you know, all these justices and the NFL's not saying anything about it. And I think this is a, a, a reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to this. Listen, listen, all we want is equal rights. <laughs> this, you're going about it the wrong way. You want to do something, NFL? Donate some money to some causes, okay? Don't do this. It's a bad idea. It's a you think horrible that the, idea. Uh, maybe the, the the owners could be, you know, nervous now with, with what's happening around. They want to, you know, emphasize, you know, that trying to unite everyone, and you know, maybe they're going about it in the wrong way. I know they are going about of, it. Think of ideas, but you know, maybe this isn't the best idea that they can come no, up with. No, no, they are going about it the wrong way. Which, once again, I'm all for unification. We've all we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, I'm all for bringing everybody together in as one people as one body look but this ain't the way to do it like i said donate to some causes 
put out some commercials condemning some of the things that's been going on in this country if you feel strongly about it. But having a black national anthem being sung um, before the start of the games instead of um, instead of the national anthem. Mm, not the smartest move. I don't agree. Uh, Tanner or Chris, if you have anything to add, uh, you know, you're more than welcome uh, before we head on to uh, our next topic. Um, I don't have anything really to add on. I think uh, T had very uh, interesting points on the topic, mm-hmm. but I, I do think the the movement can benefit from uh, from voices such as uh, recent the last two uh, MVPs where we have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, for them getting their voice out is very important uh, for the league too and for the movement. And yeah. I think um, as far as that, I think they need to maybe do a little more. On, uh, I know Lamar Jackson, he uh, is doing stuff with Madden and the cover, and they're trying to to uh, to voice out and really make a change, and I think that, that could benefit the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, T kind of hit all the points. Uh, as far as the, a black national anthem, T kind of put it this way, just, it seems like they're just trying too hard, and it's just not the right way to go, to ba- mm-hmm. go about it. Yeah. And uh, there, there are definitely other ways that they could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the effort is there um, from Roger Goodell's standpoint, but, um, you know, maybe just going about it in a different way, like team mentioned. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. NFL is still a little bit down the road, so, you know, there's a few months here uh, to see, you know, where this all, you know, how this all plays out as far as name changes and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm thinking it'll still be in the news, of course, um, but again, it'll be was interesting to see how how uh, how much attention it gets once you know we start getting back to you know baseball, uh, basketball coming back and things like that. Um, and then on top of that, you'll have obviously NFL talk as well because usually football dominates the media for the most part in the headlines. So it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I do want to roll on to the one more football topic now. Um, just came out today, David Njoku requests a trade um, away from the Cleveland Browns. He wants out and the number one team that's uh, rumored, your uh, your Dallas Cowboys, which is, uh, you know, not surprising considering Jerry Jones is always in on uh, any big-time names. And listen, this guy, uh, maybe not, not a ton of people have heard of him before, but he's a really good tight end. Um, he got injured last year, pretty bad injury, actually. I want um, me some glory, hope. He should be, uh, should be healthy. But, uh, again, Austin Hooper signed a big a contract in the offseason with Cleveland. Um Basically, that makes Njoku expendable at that point. And um, he demanded a trade. He did not request a trade. I will use the verbiage correctly. He demanded a trade out of Cleveland. Yeah. It makes it makes sense to me. I wasn't very surprised to see Njoku wanted out of Cleveland. I did see a lot of people um, saying how they could really have a, a tight end threat in Cleveland with both Austin Hooper and David Njoku. But that would be in a perfect world. Obviously, uh, Njoku, he thinks he can be you know top tight end mm-hmm. and with Austin Hooper there that's just wouldn't be possible and for the a team like the Cowboys who already have Jarwin uh that'll be uh very interesting to see him go to a team like that uh yeah. wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Patriots were in too mm-hmm. on uh, on him but yeah me um, either Patriots because he's a tight end that's I didn't really think very, about them but very curious to see where he goes he's a I he's a great player I remember uh, yes. one play he he was at the the five yard line and he dragged two guys on his back into that end yes. zone. He's very powerful. I have I've had him on my team the last two seasons of fantasy. Uh, For good reason. He's a good player to me. He's a key player. He's he's a good player. 
Yes, definitely. Definitely a good player. He's definitely going to be worth, you know, maybe third-round pick possibly. Um, again, we'll see what his health uh, is, you know, this upcoming season. But, again, too many mouths to feed in Cleveland. Um, Odell, Jarvis Landry, uh, even the running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, yeah. you know, a t- and now Austin Hooper in the fold, you know. So, yeah, I definitely think uh, Njoku will be traded. And it'll be interesting. Maybe he goes down to uh, Houston with Deshaun mm. with Deshaun Watson. You know, there's the, uh, there's probably a decent amount of teams who need a tight end when you actually sit down there and think about it. But you know, he is now, definitely a good player. I'm no talking doubt. about the uh, the many mouths to feed in Cleveland and the, the various amounts of weapons. Is this make or break for Baker Mayfield? I know the coach said that it's mm. not out of realm of possibility that they sit Baker Mayfield. Is this make or break for Baker Mayfield? Is he? A bust already? Could you call him a bust? I wouldn't call him a bust thus far, but I've seen mm-hmm. people call him right. uh, a bust, and that obviously he wasn't the best quarterback drafted. Right. But is this make or break for Baker Mayfield? Uh, I'll, I'll answer this quickly, and then I'll throw it to the team, Chris. Uh, I don't think it is all right this year, um, and and here's why. I think Big Big Ben coming back healthy is big for the Steelers, um, and every time Big Ben is healthy, it seems the Steelers are just you know rolling on all cylinders, and you know they could or they're a threat to make the playoffs every year when, with him. Um, the Ravens now with Lamar Jackson are basically an automatic lock in the playoffs every single year. So you're, you're kind of putting Baker in a tough spot just off the bat, you know, without playing a single football game. Um, the key thing for me is this. Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals. He doesn't have a ton of help around him. If he can win football games for the Bengals off the bat and the GM and the owner of the Browns see that and they're like, you know, thinking to themselves, we have a, a lot more talent than the Bengals, but – we may not have as many wins. Then you got to start to question it. You know, if you if Joe Barrow comes out next season and plays, you know, poorly, and may, maybe the Bengals just don't have a great season, and maybe the Browns do miss the playoffs again, but maybe they went not go nine and seven, and they they just miss out to a better Ravens team and a better Steelers team. Then you know you give Baker maybe another year. But um, as of this moment, now I don't think it, it's make or break. Um. So. You said something um about the Pittsburgh Steelers and how you know they're going to be competing. Um, in the AFC North, along with the Baltimore Ravens, yes, the Baltimore Ravens are that's an automatic um, playoff, you know, spot being taken up. However, right. um, I disagree with Pittsburgh only because of the simple fact that yes, Big Ben when he, when he is out there, they are riding on all cylinders. The issue is he doesn't stay healthy, and they have still yet to address you know having an adequate backup quarterback for him. So. With that being said, I won't necessarily say the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are – I won't say they're not a threat, but they're not the biggest threat in the world either. And if Big Ben stays healthy this year, T, the full 16 games, do the P- Pittsburgh Steelers have a better record than the Browns? But the thing is, you can't rely on that, not with Big saying. Ben's track record as of this current moment. No, oh, no, I think the Steelers correct. are a better team if, if Big Ben stays healthy. Oh, no doubt AFC about that. AFC North is going to be a very competitive division. It's going to be very exciting watching. Yeah, I agree. And then with Joe Burrow now, you know, being drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals. And like you said, if he does come in and he starts winning a couple games, I think that does put pressure on Baker Mayfield, especially considering the fact that you have an Odell Beckham and a Jarvis Landry, and then you have some of the top running backs and Kareem Hunt. Come on, man. It's it's no way that you should be able to, you shouldn't be able to win a couple of, of football games. Like, come on, man. I, I don't know what in the world is going on. But then also I kind of feel bad for Baker because what is this, like his third head coach now in his career? So yeah. that's not that's and he not hasn't, he hasn't had a good one yet. I mean, it's not like he's dealing with Bill Belichick and Doug Peterson and Pete Carroll. You know, he's dealing with Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchen. Yeah, don't I forget, mean, 
don't forget that the Browns have Case Keenum back there on their bench, uh, ready to take over for Baker Mayfield at any time. Not a lot of people are talking about that, but yeah. Case Keenum's there, and if Baker yeah. Mayfield sits a couple games, Case Keenum will be playing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a ringing freaking endorsement. Yeah, Case Chris, Chris what do you think? Is yeah. Baker Mayfield, is this season make or break for him? What do you think? So, I mean, you and T both make great points about, you know, what's going on in the division. And uh, as far as, like, he hasn't had a solid head coach yet. But what makes great players is battling through adversity. And I think Baker Mayfield has, you know, great potential to be a top 10 quarterback in this league. But because he has all the weapons. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the, the whole line maybe isn't the greatest, but he's got so many weapons there. And, uh, you know, if they, I, I really, I really, because you make good, you may, like I said, Baltimore is, uh, is for sure in the playoffs. Uh, Big Ben, he's great, but he's aging. So mm-hmm. don't know how much longer that's going to last. And then Joe Burrow is a complete wild card. Um, and as far as like uh, concerning uh, David Njoku, uh, I just hold my breath every time Tanner mentions where he's going to go because Tanner's somehow right about these things all the time. So he ends up. Like- New England. I try to be. Dallas. I try to be careful. Yeah, Tanner, yeah. where do you think that Ninjago's had it? So I can get that on. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I would want to say the Patriots, but that would just make too much sense. And giving, I mean, they didn't spend a lot of money on Cam Newton. Yeah, jump up this that window. would be a team. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe next show I'll yeah. have a prediction. But uh, uh, just put me down as a possibility of the Patriots. All right. I, I, hate to see him. I would hate to see him go to the Cowboys. Tanner, Tanner, I, I, I kid you not. If he goes to the Patriots, I'm going to rise up somehow, some way, reach the screen and slap you. Like, seriously. <laughs> By the way, what? since you have been yeah, hitting on some hits, listen, give me some lottery numbers. How about that? Forget everything else. Forget, you know, you know where players are going. Give me some doggone lottery numbers because you seem to be on fire. You benefit out of it, T. Find a way to benefit out of it. <laughs> you talk on the right, well, I will. Since we since we were talking about the uh, the Steelers and we were talking about how the the Browns have weapons and a weapon that the Steelers lost uh, not recently but uh, you know a season ago is Antonio Brown and mm. recently we saw him warming up with none other than Russell Wilson and a mm. scary thought uh, goes through your mind what if Antonio Brown joins the Seahawks and how scary will that Seahawks team be? Yeah, I, I think Antonio Brown does come back. You know, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, re- soon as far as like a month from now, but I do think he's coming back. And the key thing about it is he stayed out of national media. You know, we haven't heard a lot of him uh, in, in recent, maybe even a month or two now. You know, it's I haven't heard damn time. Antonio Brown really on social media or any videos coming out. So um, people say that when he's on the football field, it's all about football. The only problem is the off the field stuff. Now, my question is, how do you go to New England and you can't work with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? That's my question. Now, again, going from those two to Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson isn't a huge drop-off. I mean, those guys are both, you know, Super Bowl, they got a ring, you know. So, um, Russell Wilson, for, the guy is just so professional, you know, on and off the football field. Um, he seems like the nicest guy, and he's one of the best players in the league. So, if you can't work with Russell Wilson, I mean, who can you really work with, you know? My thing is this, and so me and Chris was discussing this when we were in the studio, and I think one of the biggest things I brought up was the simple fact that, listen, if you can't work with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, you're out of the league, and that's period, point blank. Yeah, that's and right. that's, I, that's I, true. I'm sorry. Like I said to Chris I, um, all those months ago, 
Antonio Brown at this point, he's a pain in the ass. All right, and when you're a pain in the ass, I'm sorry, you're just not you're not going to get a a whole lot of play, especially. I don't Does care how much talent back that you this have. Year, T. Does he come back? I don't think so. I no. really don't. Because what is he doing out there, Russell Wilson? Just having a catch? He's out there playing, uh, playing a little catch with uh, he was Russell Wilson. Yeah, they got helmets on, T. This is <laughs> in the backyard playing with their kids. All right, this is this is some serious, uh, some serious. How, route how do you know that helmets proved by the league? <laughs> <laughs> it was the Ra- it, I believe he's still wearing his Raiders helmet. <laughs> and then on top of that, okay, it so you like want that silver one? So you yeah, talking? You're right. So you talking about players playing catch and whatnot? Okay, well, Deshaun Jackson's working out with Jalen Hurts. Does that mean Jalen Hurts is going to be a starting quarterback? No, let me shut up. He, he is on the team. <laughs> uh, another player that, that, uh, that could quite possibly have a return before Antonio Brown is Des Bryant. I've seen him warming mm. up too. I've seen him playing with uh, with different quarterbacks. And, that is uh, blasphemous. I, I don't think he's uh, I think he's past. I got possibility of return, yeah. But uh, just he's st- he's still out there working, uh, just like Antonio Brown, and it'll yeah. be uh, very interesting to see how they handle this Antonio Brown, uh, whether suspension or I don't know how how they'll go about it. But just him on the Seahawks, come on, that's just scary, especially uh, yeah, for is. us yeah. because oh, you know we're gonna we're, we're facing the Seahawks, and um, yeah, we already have trouble with them. We had trouble with them twice. Uh, this last season, I feel like they're always and, on our schedule. We can never get them off the schedule. Yeah, they're always, always dealing with uh, Russ and the Seahawks. I will point out, Des Bryant did sign with the Saints. You know, before he tore his Achilles, mm-hmm. the last maybe over a year ago now. But yep. uh, we'll see. We'll see with Des Bryant. Uh, I don't. I'm going to try to squeeze this topic in, but it might go a little long. But I, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I want to. I want to touch on this. You know, one thing I'm buying into recently, T, as a as a football guy here, is just the eye test in college. Um, I think. You know, when you watch these guys in college, it's like, wow, they jump off the charts and then you draft the number one overall, like Baker Mayfield, for example. And it's just like, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. So what is it with, with these guys, you know, getting paid you know, twenty million contracts when, in my opinion, if you're a smart GM, you know, obviously if you have a Patrick Mahomes, you just give him the billion dollars, you know, because he's once in a generational talent. But – other guys, such as Josh Rosen, for example, getting drafted in the first round, and guys like that, you know, is it that is it really that hard to tell the difference of talent there, or is it just me? Like, like what is it where you you draft Baker Mayfield number one overall? Because now we can all see with our own eyes, like this guy's never going to be a top five quarterback in the league. You know, what do you think it is? Here's the thing, and the biggest, and you know what, that's one of the biggest question marks, you know, for scouts that are looking at these kids coming out of college and going to the pros. It's kind of the reason why there's emphasis put on, you know, where exactly, you know, they come from, especially, you know, if they're from LSU or Alabama, Mm -hmm. you know, in that, you know, in the SEC where that's where most of the NFL, the good NFL talent comes from is that SEC. So that's, Man, that's one of the biggest mysteries in the world because, and here's the thing, and it's not like these scouts aren't doing their job. It's not like they're, you know, not going to the ends of the earth trying to, you know, dissect and trying to get into the minds of each and every single last one of these players because they are. They'll, at the end of the day, by the time the draft comes up, these scouts will know what they'll think, what they ate, the entire nine, their entire history. So... And like you said, yes, at that point, you you have to go on the eye test of what you see. So if you see somebody that's dominating the competition, let's say um, Division One, 
double A. If they're right. dominating, you know, that division, okay, you might take a flyer on a guy, but I'm not necessarily going to draft him, you know, high. I might have slap a second, third, early right. third round grade on him. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of Baker Mayfield, once again, you really don't know who you're truly drafting at the end of the day. I don't care how much scouting that you do. Yeah. You don't know who I you're agree. drafting. Like, for the example. Arm strength is my biggest thing in college. Mm-hmm. Like, you just watch Mahomes in college, and you're like, God, you know, this guy jumps off the charts. You know, you watch Baker. Yeah, he can run around, do those, like, dump flip passes and, you know, things like that. But he's never going to be a top-five quarterback in the league. And one key guy who we haven't ever really mentioned on the show before is Jordan Love. This guy gets drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. But is this guy really ever going to be a top-five? I mean, think about that. The name Jordan Love is a top-five quarterback. Like, is he worth a first-round pick? Two you know, things. the Packers could have nabbed somebody with some serious talent there. Mm-hmm. Instead, they go with Jordan Love. Like, I just don't understand it. Two things. The Quarterbacks. Pack, yeah, the Packers had a, uh, had a chance to really improve their team, and the fact that they go with uh, Jordan Love is really uh, – it raises an eyebrow of uh, who's who's making the decisions over there. Yeah, Quarter- I agree. Quarterbacks are, on, are always going to be more valued than any other position on the field. That's number one. So it doesn't matter, you know, who that quarterback is. They're going to be valued. Look at Ryan Tannehill. This is, let's be honest here. Was he really worth a first-round draft pick? Hell no. So quarterback is always going to be overvalued, period, point blank, and there's no getting around that. Now, back to you, back to you, Max, and what you were saying um, before about, you know, how do you scout talent? You really don't know who you're drafting out of, the, out of college. I'm sorry. You just don't. Look at Nelson yeah. Aguilar out of USC. Okay, he dominated the Pac-12. That's the issue, though. He came out of the Pac-12, where everything right. is a spread offense. Everything, you know, is wide open. You're pretty much one-on-one against a guy. If you don't yeah. catch a football out there, then something's severely wrong with you. Right. So he gets to the NFL. He gets a case of the dropsies. His first couple years, third year, he third year, the Super Bowl year, he finally finds himself. Fourth year, you know, he's still in rhythm. And this past year, all right, he flat out stunk. He lost us a couple of games. You don't know who the heck you're drafting, unfortunately. So that's the that's the one of the biggest mysteries. And yes, you do have to go off of an eye test. That's the most important thing. You gotta look at that film. To hell with stats. Stats can stats can make a guy look freaking awesome. And okay, so another example. I'm gonna bring it a little closer to home. Derek Barnett. I'm not the biggest fan of him. Never was coming out of Tennessee. Okay, he shattered Reggie White's record at Tennessee. But his, I think his his last year at Tennessee, I, th- I believe he only he had fourteen or fifteen sacks. That's impressive. But the thing about it is, now he gets to the NFL, he still has yet to eclipse an eight sack season. And this now he's going on his fifth year now in the NFL. That's a problem. I I have a serious issue with that. Now what's your opinion we'll, on Kyler Murray? We'll here have now? a big decision to make. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and listen, with Kyler Murray, for example, coming out, you know, everybody said his size. You know, they were they were pointing to his size and saying, you know, that's going to be his downfall. You know, he gets drafted by the Cardinals, probably not the best organization. We all know that. But I don't see this guy being a top-five quarterback in the league down the road. I'm not going to say – go ahead. For me, Kyler Murray kind of was under the radar the whole – the the entire season of course everyone wanted to see his first couple of games but for uh for him to win rookie of the year it was just uh i was not expecting that i mm-hmm. thought uh, maybe josh jacobs or miles sanders would take that uh take that trophy but uh kyler he uh he played a reasonable season uh, especially with the team that the cardinals were last season now uh giving this season and the players will have he definitely if he was going into his rookie year would uh, be more of a shot to win rookie of the year but he, 
he he has it now he moving forward he has the weapons that he has to to really uh to make his worth in the league oh we losing tanner we losing tanner oh oh god <laughs> oh is he back oh, oh he's, he's back. back all right good 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 all right uh i just wanted to get everybody's opinion on that it's something that's been on my mind lately but um, you know, we'll see. I want. I'm upcoming. I'm looking for. The, I'm looking forward to this upcoming college football season because I'm really want to put an emphasis on these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Try to think. You know, okay. I'm. I'm looking at this guy. Can I see this guy being top five quarterback in the league one day? You know, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, every year there's. I feel like there's always like two or three names that we we look at and say, okay, this guy we know is going to be a first round pick, but is he ever going to get to that? You know, next level as far as being one of the faces of the league. And that's the thing with scouting is you never know. And real Let's quick, get, real go, quick on on Kyler Mer- on, on Kyler Murray because me and Chris also had that was another discussion that we had, mm-hmm. um, and he asked me you know about his size and things of that nature. Um, I'm not going to say size doesn't matter, but I always do look at because for me personally, I always do look at the dog in the in the player. Y'all know that's my saying. I love mm-hmm. seeing the dog mentality come out of these players, regardless of their size. So I'm not going to say size is a hindrance for Kyler Murray, especially with how Russell Wilson has come in and flourished. However, I'm not going to say size doesn't limit him. And do I think he deserved to be the rookie of the year? No. Me personally, I would have given that award to Josh Jacobs. That's just me personally. But right. running backs don't get the same type of love that quarterbacks get. So Yeah, 100%. I want to roll back to basketball real quick. So I want Tanner to make his one point that he wants to make yeah. that, Tanner. Um, I, I think it would be important to mention um, the retirement of a, of a veteran that we've all uh, known our whole life because he's been playing our whole life and farther beyond that. On Thursday, June 25th, uh, 43-year-old Vince Carter retired uh, from the NBA after 22 seasons. Uh, he played eight on eight different teams. Oh, no! Rookie of the year in 99. He's a two-time uh, All-NBA, eight-time All-Star. Uh, considered one of the best dunkers in basketball. Ooh, yeah. uh, 19th all-time in scoring, I believe. And he's played in four different decades. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, with mention of his accolades, he, he's never he's never won an NBA title. With this being said... That is blasphemous! Uh, question that I have to you guys, I'll answer real quick and then leave it to you guys. Who's the best player to not have, not currently have, a ring in any sport? Uh, I'm straying away from basketball. And I'll say uh, Dan Marino. Uh, 17 seasons in the league. He's a nine-time pro bowler, three-time all-pro. Uh, he was the league MVP, over 61,000 career passing yards. He set 29 NFL uh, records during his career. He's a Hall of Famer. And it, he's no doubt a legend, but he didn't win a Super Bowl, which obviously didn't keep him from earning a spot in Canton, Ohio. However, the fact that he he has no Super Bowl uh, is just crazy. He's 18, He has 18 playoff appearances, just one Super Bowl appearance. He lost to the 49ers. Uh, to me, he's the best player to never win a ring. Um, Max, we'll go to you. Who's the best player to never you win? Know, you know, you go so many directions with this, honestly. Um, and I don't. I, I tried to look for best players slash, you know, players that I th- always thought were fascinating. And I'll go. I'll go with baseball here. I'll, I'll go with Ken Griffey Jr. Mm. I thought Ken Griffey was always, you That's know, the a good kid, one. and he was he was the man. You know, yeah. Hall of Famer, MVP of the league. You know, played. I got a, close to twenty seasons, maybe even more. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head because it was little. You know, I, I caught the kind of the end of his career. I think retiring like two thousand ten. But man, you know, when you see this guy's highlights and 
towards the end of his career when I was able to catch the last few years. I mean, off the charts talent. And to never I win a ring you. for as many years as he's played, just crazy. Oh, man. T, how are you? Oh, man, I, I've been tossing, tossing this back and forth. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say – I'm going to pick a player that was before our era, that was before our time, but luckily because of tape, I've been able to go back and rewatch those games and rewatch some of the amazing things that he's done. I'm going to say Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was considered the ultimate weapon. Unfortunately, he was hindered by having a defensive coach named Buddy Ryan who cared more about putting emphasis on the defense than he was the offense and when I talk to people about you know seeing Cunningham and after watching the tape I can believe what a lot of people said I had a conversation with my cousin one time and he said straight up he's like well they didn't get Randall Cunningham protection they just sent five fat guys out there just cuz <laughs> like they didn't send offensive linemen out there they just picked five fat guys I can imagine Randall Cunningham like going to Buddy Ryan and just be like yo man can I can I get some some kind of protection like come on and Buddy just responded, yo, man, I got you five fat guys. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? That ain't my forte. But listen, I, Rand, Randall Cunningham should have gotten a ring. The amazing things that he's done. The fact that and he, he could also kick the ball. He could also kick the ball. Yeah. He punted uh, the ball. him punting the ball from the end zone. So kickers, yeah, punters, there's no sticking excuse why you shouldn't be an athlete, but we're not talking about that right now. Randall Cunningham is my choice. All right, Chris, let's go to you, and then uh, let's finish off with your favorite topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, unlike all of your guys, uh, I'm going to a guy that I know none of us have watched play. I'm going to say Ted Williams. Mm. Wow, uh, yeah. You look at this guy's numbers, 521 home runs, 1,839 RBIs. He uh, His career on-base percentage is the highest all-time, 19-time All-Star, I mean, when you look at his accolades, baseball Hall of Fame, it's crazy that he didn't get one ring. Yeah, that's that, that is sick. You know, arguably the best left-handed hitter ever. Oh yeah, to play the game. Um, I mean, Babe Ruth might have something to say about that. But. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree with that. I just want to point out these Ken Griffey says a 630 career home runs, career 284 yeah. hitter. He he played parts of 22 seasons. He came up when he was 19, retired when he was 40. So I mean, to not win a one ring, and uh, you know, you think. Maybe if he played in a different era like today where, you know, the players have a little bit more say in where they go and kind of try to create these mm. super teams. We've seen it in the NBA. Baseball is um, also modified to hit uh, to hit farther, too. So That is yeah. true. So, um, you know, this is just – Tony Gwynn yeah. another good one. Mm, yeah. yeah. You see, T, this Mr. just – uh, this goes back to last year, uh, your discussion on do rings matter. Uh, mm. to a Hall of Famer, and we were discussing Donovan McNabb. And these all these players we stated are great, legendary players. We're still talking about them. Uh, they're Hall of Famers. Uh, but they just came short of a, mm. of a, a ring, yep. which really is, I'm sure, very upsetting to them. But uh, for them to do many things, like you're in the history book, and I know I mentioned uh, Vince Carter. He still won a gold medal. Yeah, uh, that to me, that that's just as you're winning a medal for your entire country you're playing for. Yep. Um, yeah, what do you think about this the world? Tanner, what do you think about this personality wise? You know, I know it shouldn't matter, but I, I think it does. You know, you look at other players who haven't won a ring. Maybe they're just more respected more. They were more liked in their career. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch full Donovan, you know, because I, I kind of got into, you know, so I, that age range where, you know, you kind of caught maybe half of his career. But 
you know, from from what I remember, he wasn't the most liked, you know, figure in sports yeah. throughout his career. Yeah, yeah. It, it also goes. Um, it could just boil down to to luck too. You're placed on a team that uh, that is great all around you. We talk about a legend in Aaron Rodgers who just has one ring. He could totally have more rings. Yeah. To me, he could have at least three rings. Um, you have, we mentioned Donovan McNabb who, who went there, just couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince Carter was bouncing around the league a lot. Um, the, the teams that he, the farthest he went was the conference, I believe. Um, and that's just, it boils down to luck and who's on your team when you're there. And we talk about personality, a well-respected player in JJ Watt. Uh, yeah. he hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl. He's a Walton, uh, Walter Payton. He's doing Man, things yeah, off yeah. the field. He's uh, is a great guy, and it's a shame uh, you're placed on a team that's just not producing that you would. How you not would. his fault. Maybe you blame yeah. it on uh, Bill O'Brien, but uh, who just hurt his chances even more? Yeah. by getting rid of one of the best wide receivers. Oh, oh well. So by the way, since we're on the topic, we're on the you Texans. Dumbass. You're mentioning David and Joku. And the Texans also need a tight end. Mm. Yes. So that, that's a possibility. They really well. need weapons. They could use any weapons now that mm. they lost, you know, the Hopkins. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I think Njoku is uh, is a kind of an under-the-radar type of name. Like, he'll, wherever he lands, like, he'll produce, I feel like. He's mm. great. No. All right, let's put this on ice and talk hockey. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you got? Let's, go, let's roll with it. Um, I know the Flyers have a great opportunity here this this shortened season oh, yeah. to get this. Oh, you piece of Swiss it, cheese. What do you want to touch on here as we wrap it up here? Well, I mean, there's really only two things to touch on. Well, uh, kind of the good news is uh, Oscar Lindblom finished his cancer treatments yesterday. So, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, that's amazing. Thank so God. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy that, that you know, that he's he finished his cancer stuff. But from a hockey standpoint, I mean, he's a good player. A really yeah. good player. So yeah, he, you know, he we could, missed him. Yeah, dude. He you put him in this lineup. I mean, makes the team that much better. And then, uh, not concerning the Flyers, but uh, the the draft lottery happened. I think sometime last week, and mm-hmm. uh, the team that is going to get the first overall pick is yet to be determined because they have to play the play-in rounds first. That so I heard. Be- you know, it. You know, it's bad news for the Senators because they were god awful. They, yeah, they really needed that first. Pick. I really thought they were going to get the first pick, and now that we find out that a team that's in the playoffs is going to get a first round pick, that just creates more chaos um, for a sport that yeah. you, you know really thrives on it. So, yeah, we'll uh, the, that first overall pick, especially this year, the guy who's going first is their scouts are touting him as the best player since like McDavid five years ago. Oh, wow. So he's supposed to be insane. Is he center? Um, uh, he's actually a winger. Okay. He's a winger. He's he's crazy good though. Uh, and the guys we're gonna go two and three are also really freaking good. Uh, I just hope it's not the Penguins because they're one of the sixteen teams that could possibly yeah. get that pick. And you know they've already had four generational talents. They don't need a fifth one. Yeah. No. Listen, <laughs> you got my you got no argument for me on that one. I definitely don't want the Penguins getting that first overall pick. Be terrible. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to get your opinion on these rosters here. What is the roster gonna look like? I heard. Are we losing some a few names? Maybe. One or two that I, I can't remember off the top of my head. So, uh, so con- uh, contracts would have expired two days ago. You know, if things okay. were going according to schedule, contracts. Everyone's contracts have been extended to sometime in October. I forget the exact right, day when the season. Um, yeah, presumably. Okay. Uh, but 
for as of right now, there are no roster changes at the moment. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Flyers are tight to the cap, and with them signing, uh, uh, I forget his name, the European from about a month and a half ago, with him, them signing him, that's going to cut away some of the the, the depth. Yeah. Was he playing? Is will he be playing in this uh, upcoming season? No. 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 Not playing. Oh well, it, next season probably. Next season. Okay. But but. With the playoffs, no. He's not going to be. Real quick, I want to get your opinion on this JT Ramuto situation. You know, we all mm-hmm. sat on the show and we're like, you know, sign JT. You know, what's going on? Now with this virus in play here. Do we know it's hard? That really impacts the contract, the money, the years, and everything like that. So, yeah, of course we want to sign him. But, you know, there's question marks as to money and years. What's your opinion on this? Do, do you, I mean, I'm sure we also want to sign him. But do you think the Phillies are making the right approach here by taking it a little bit slower than maybe we as fans like? I mean, that's how they approach it with uh, Bryce. But, I mean, also Bryce was approaching it that way too. But, mm-hmm. man, the, JT Real Muto is undoubtedly the best catcher in the league. Like, I mean, there are guys who are close, but I'm not going to hear an argument. He is the best catcher in the league. Yeah. Uh, offensively and defensively. Yeah. Uh, th- this is undoubtedly – you need to sign him. If you want a chance to compete in the National League East, which in my opinion yeah. is the toughest division in the MLB – you need JT Real Muto back there for at least a hundred and at least 140 games out of the year. Yeah, that's asking a lot out of your catcher. But again, if you pay him the big bucks, that's if you what pay the big bucks, hey, and hey, in my opinion, I would say he's probably the best consistent hitter on the team behind mm-hmm. maybe McCutcheon. But uh, I'll donate my brand new car uh, to the Phillies to help sign. Listen, Andrew McCutcheon and Ernie, we haven't mentioned coming off that uh, ACL, supposedly going to be healthy for the start of this season. Um, and our lineup looks a little, looks pretty deep as of right now. Uh, Scott King replaced on the IL due to coronavirus concerns. I'm assuming yeah. he possibly could have gotten it. Now, they're not allowed to disclose what individual yeah. players have gotten it. But it's ridiculous. He was on the list. So. Uh, he was in Phoenix, which is his hometown, and I know that Phoenix has been slammed with the virus recently. Um, so it's going to be weird how this whole plays out. I don't know what the protocol is, like how long you have to be symptom-free in order for him to get back to Citizen Bank and, you know, start practicing yeah. again. But. I did I did see um, John Clark of NBC. He posted a, um, a video of uh, their temperature check system that they have going yeah, on at Citizen Bank Park. It's a screen. You look into it, and it checks your temperature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, listen, they, they have to go through so many different protocols and, uh, you know, all for good reason, of course. But mm-hmm. I think we don't know. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez still hasn't gotten his Tommy John surgery, which I don't know why. Like, this man should have had the surgery months ago. But What the hell is going on? He's on trying to rehab it. Like, man, just get the surgery. We need you in the bullpen. We, our bullpen is t- atrocious. We still have Hector Neris on the team. Oh, God. Okay. You know, it's funny that you, it's funny that you bring that up. I know that one was for you, too. That was for you. Oh, I, I, I know it's kind of off topic, but they, they – Played uh, NBC the uh, uh, game against the Dodgers, this you know in 2019, yeah. and Phillies were yeah the Phillies were up like what six one, and mm-hmm. uh, I come back you know maybe an hour later it's the ninth inning it's a six five Phillies and Hector Neris gives up a three run home run to I forget yep. who, yep. God damn, <laughs> yeah it's brutal it really is brutal that's one thing our problem was our pitching now we did get Zach Wheeler. Um, and we can talk about this. We can talk about this till the morning. We, know, we could go into Andrew Knapp making more money right now than if he would be playing. I mean, right now he's he's fleecing 
the Phillies basically. He he's making more money if if this if the league doesn't play at all than if he would right now and he's comfortably just sitting on his couch. Why is he still on the team? I don't understand. Max, I, I've been asking myself many the, the same question over and over when I put a Phillies jersey on and when I go to bed at night. Why is Andrew best. Knapp still on this team? We have the best and the worst catcher in the league. There's got to be. Uh, it's unreal. When Andrew Knapp walks up to the plate with uh, with ducks on the pond, uh, you know nothing's going to go right. No, I agree. There could be zero outs, bases loaded. Andrew Knapp finds a way to get uh, to run into a triple play. Because <laughs> that guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. He has bad luck, and I just feel like he doesn't really deserve to have a spot on the roster. Not that he's not a nice guy. I'm sure he's a solid dude. Oh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Oh, yeah, but, sure. But, uh, but, you know, the guy selling popcorn could be great, too. He's not <laughs> there, uh, batting in crucial moments of the game. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, t- I don't have anything else to add with that. Let's, let's end Woo-hoo. on a good note. Nope. I can't. <laughs> Woo, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> you guys been studying this episode. Always go to Philly Dash Experience. Simplecast.com available on all major platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And before we get out of here, guys, I, I gotta I gotta put my two cents on this. Because I'm 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 so sick of this. I'm I'm sick of hearing it. I'm LMT. I'm so it, sick and tired I am of this. Pissed off. Okay. If you guys have been hearing banging um from in the audio, okay, that's from me because my sticking neighbors have been blowing fireworks for the past two, three sticking weeks. They've been doing it at two or three o'clock in the damn morning. What the hell are y'all doing? Seriously, do y'all not have anything else to do? Go to the beach or something. I'm sorry, I'm sick of hearing this at two, three o'clock in the morning when I got work to do. All right, get a life. Seriously. Oh, I don't care what you do, just wear a mask and go somewhere. Seriously. It's stupid. Gosh. Please, please wear a mask. I'm s- we're, we're, we're starting to become, you know, the country where, like, you don't want to be all of a sudden. You know, we're, yeah. our curve is going down, and everybody, I feel like every other country now is, like, just super low. Ugh. I don't care where y'all go. Just wear a mask and stop blowing the damn fireworks out my window. I want to get some sleep. I got to work. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Love Gosh. each other. My final statement. Wear a mask. <sighs> all right, people. Kind of circumcising the mosquito. I'm not giving Jerry Jones my money. F*** that guy. Stay thirsty, my friends. I'm not putting up with it. It's too much horse. It's too much.